verse that hits lines that chapter and where I also started. Um, I'll read this and then I'll come with a, an introduction. First Corinthians one, uh, one through nine, or one nine. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, that's my Bible. Um, I don't want to uh, uh, overstate this, and I don't normally say this uh, a lot. As I was preparing, and I think just for myself, uh, the union with God and being in Christ is extremely important topic. Because um, I think if we grasp grasp this truth, not just as some theological concept, but if we really understand what it means to be in Christ, it enables us to live a life where we can please God. Um, and so that's my hope for this uh, short sermon here, that as we explore this truth that you just don't come away with some kind of knowledge of this concept of like, oh, union is God, with God is this, or being in Christ is this, but that really practically somehow what also Susan was saying, God is going to reveal to you today what this means. Because as much as I'm going to yell and scream, which I'm probably not, I cannot in my own power make you see this. This is hard for this is hard enough for me to live out every day. So for me to yell at you or beat you until you understand this is impossible. So the Lord has to come and do this. Um, yeah, I encourage you to read chapter two. It's a really good chapter, um, and you might even say. Okay, I don't want to be too, too dramatic, but I'm going to go ahead anyway and make it dramatic. Because what we heard from Hadith, what we heard from Hadith last time is that when she was testifying last week about how she went out um, and she collected money for the sclerosis or MS foundation, she met people that gave her money with tears in her eyes because they knew somebody who had committed suicide because they had that disease. They knew somebody, one lady just teared up because her husband had it. Hadis has written a book about what it means to be in Christ through suffering. Hadis testified because she knows she's in Christ, she doesn't lose hope, although she has uh, uh, what's that called? Uh, per permanent. Uh, uh, she has a chronic. Thank you. Chronic disease that's actually just going to get worse. But Hadis is a living example of, although she has that, she knows she's got something that defeats that, and she can live into that. She didn't lose hope like the other person did. So the term in Christ is used 89 times around that time. 
uh, mostly by uh, Paul and three times by Peter. And now you might be thinking we're taking a detour. We're not exactly, but we are going to talk a little bit about what Paul said to the Galatians. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected with the flesh? As you can hear, Paul is a little bit frustrated at the, at the Galatians. Because the Galatians starts out, and they are generous, they are like, they are going to, they would rip out their eyes and give them to Paul. But Paul is now like, what is going on with you guys? You started out running and doing this life because your right standing with God was through Jesus. Then some time passes, and Paul is writing this letter, and he's like, it's... The Galatians has gone. The Galatians has gone from believing that Jesus was their righteousness to now they're starting to obey different rules, and for them it's the, it's the Jewish customs and the Old Testament law, and they, they're now like, if we just do this good thing, then God would be pleased with us. Paul's not having that at all, and so like it. Like all things in the Bible, we'd be like, oh, the Galatians are so dumb. They're like, oh, they should have just trusted. I think, though, I think you and I do that way more than we realize. I think a lot more times in our life, we become unaware that we're in Christ. And we try to fix things on our own. We try to parent, parent on our own. We try to interact with our neighbors on our own. We try to do, a, do our job on our own. We try to go out with the trash on our own or whatever. Like, I just need to get this thing done and then things are fine. I think Susan's example before is, well, why do we pray about everything? Because in Christ we can. And in Christ we have power. And that Christ, He can work through us. I think what goes on with the Galatians, I think the author has a good, good point. And I think it was something that was even brought out in me as well that um, we can even do this when we're supposed to be spending time with God. We can do our own, we can, I mean, like, if you grew up in church, you know what you're supposed to do. You know you're supposed to do your quiet time. You know you're supposed to pray. You know you're supposed to do these things. I know that too. But I also confess that sometimes I do it just because I have, because I need to. I, I do those things because they're good for me, but I do them on my own. 
And I think like Jesus is over in the corner saying, hey, I would like to be a part. And also our motivations for it. Am I doing it because I have to do the sermon? Am I doing this because I want to be impressive in my knowledge? Am I doing this because I think God's going to like me a little more, love me or hate me less if I do it? I think this happens a lot more than we realize. We start working in our own strength when we forget the position we have in Christ. Has in her book has this metaphor of, uh, and I couldn't find pictures because they're all inappropriate, uh, of, of people floating. Um, and so she talks about how being in Christ is, is uh, letting the water hold you up. And I'm, I, I, my wife is like, it's such a good metaphor. And I was like, well, I don't like having water in my ears. But, so it's not, but, but sorry. Uh, back to the metaphor. That, that being in Christ is like, Christ is the one that's holding you up. You're totally relying on Him. But as soon as you start doing something, you're going to sink. It's an interesting, good illustration. The book uh, has four ways of describing how we can live our Christian life. I, again, I, I encourage you to read that. It was really helpful for me. Kaleen thought it was also very helpful. Um, I'm going to talk about what Jesus says about this. Oh. I finally found a picture. I looked for so long. Um, uh, this is Jesus talking about what it means to be in Him from John 15, 1 through 11. Uh, I am not a farmer, but I was the one Googling. So this is a, this is a, this is a vine. So we're, we're, this is Jesus. Uh, this is a metaphor. This is not Jesus. It's a metaphor. So Jesus is vine. He's where all the power and all the nutrients come. And we are the branches. From the branches, fruit can come. <coughs> so you might know what verse we're talking about. Jesus says in John, I am the true vine and my father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, uh, every branch that bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more, may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. If everyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that you may that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So Jesus is describing what it means to be in Christ. I really like, I like, I mean, like all of this, but especially eleven. And you might know this, this, this section of, of scripture as the high priestly prayer. He's praying for his disciples. He's going to suffer soon. The, and he's praying for them. He's talking to them. He's giving them instructions. He's talking about how important it's going to be. They're going to rest in who he is. I don't know. It might have been a little bit of a strange conversation. Um, but then again, I grew up in town. So I don't know much about vines and all the things. But... He's communicating to these disciples how important it's going to be that they trust that even when Jesus is gone, that they'll still be able to be in Him. Jesus says these things, and He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus is absolutely not taking anything away from His disciples. He's wanting them to have John 10, 10, life. Life and life in abundance. So abiding in Jesus is the reality that we are in Christ. So positionally, we are in Christ. Well, that is if you are a believer. So now we're going to take a day tour and just uh, make you become a Christian. So, so so the, one of the verses that I just think is so exciting is that um, is this verse. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ making an appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Why? Because he, for our sake he made him who knew no sin to become the righteousness of God. So this is what our message is and we want to just share that with other people. Now for you, maybe you don't know Jesus. And you came. Well, then today is the day you get to know him. Because that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Working together with him. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I was too fast. Working together with him, we appeal to you to receive the grace, that you didn't receive the grace in vain. For he says, in the favor. Sorry. You went too fast. I'm also, sorry. I'm, I am now back to Second Corinthians 6 1. Working together with him, then we appeal to you to not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In the favor of time, I listen to you, and in the day of salvation, I help you. And then Paul says, Behold, 
Now is the failure's time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That means if you don't know Jesus, today is the day you should get to know him. Because then Paul says in Romans. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you forget, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, and God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and being saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So when we talk about being in Christ, being in Christ is that you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And an offer, just like Paul says today, is that that offer is open. If you can say, hey, I believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I trust that, I just say, I just want to encourage you to do that. And tell somebody afterward, leave me, somebody else will pray, we'll just celebrate with you, and then you will obtain the same position that you can say, I am in Christ. So the big question is when, sorry about that, that, or not to, that was just a parenthesis. So, parenthesis. So abiding in Jesus, knowing that we really are in Jesus, we are in Christ. Like I said before, I think, or maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but I think we forget it every day, and we might even forget it more times today. And again, like, that we live in our own strength and our own will, getting, just getting things done. And then at one point in the day, we might get so overwhelmed and, and tired out and close to burning out that you'd be like, oh God, please help me, because now I've tried myself all day and it's not really working. Um, and I can't do this. And I was just thinking that the guy is probably saying, I know. You can't do it on your own. That's why you are in Christ. You're not supposed to be doing it on your own. You're supposed to get your power from the vine and work in Him. And we need to know that or else we're not going to abide in Him. We're not going to try to say in Jesus if we don't believe that we are in Him. Then on the other hand, we might be like, well, I'm not sure what to do, so I'm going to sit here and wait until some God does something through me. But also Jesus is saying, well, that's not exactly either the right way of being in Christ, because we're supposed to bear much fruit, so there's a balance here of knowing we're in Christ and then acting out of the power that we have in Christ, and not just sitting and waiting until something happens. Um, so there's this balance but not working in our own strength either. I, I, uh, that was really, I think it was uh, John Owen, uh, the, the, the author, the author was quoting like an old, old guy called John Owen and saying things like, well you can't, our Christian life you can't just muster that up by yourself, like I said in the beginning. It's like, I can't make you guys believe. Like, God has to be the one that, 
that transformed your heart and your mind and let him show yourself. And as you read through, I just think it was a beautiful, um, beautiful how John Owen, he put his like from salvation through the whole lives. We're dependent on God for us to worship him, for God for us to live with him uh, and through it all. So I, just, yeah, I thought it was really, it just uh, put it in a, a beautiful way that I think sometimes even for myself, maybe a few, showing up to church sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just doing it because I need to know or I need to do it. But it takes something. It takes like, it takes, it takes God igniting something in us so we can worship Him. That we can see just a little bit. That He reveals some of His power that we know that we're in His relationship. And we're actually worshiping God through Christ in us. And I think like we talked about last week, it's relationship is not an activity. It is... What? Sorry. No, fellowship, sorry. Fellowship is not an activity. It's a relationship. That if we come to church and it's an activity, it doesn't work. If we come to God as He's an activity, it doesn't work. It's relationship. And so, when we miss those things, I think we are showing that we misunderstand and we're not really in Christ. We misunderstand that we are in Christ and that through Him, we have the power to come and worship and power to have relationship. I think this relationship is is, um, is the one that happens in our salvation. And, and like your salvation, like you didn't save yourself and I didn't save myself. God opened up our eyes. He illuminated us and we responded to that call. I believe that every day and every moment, it's the same. That we understand in Christ, we can do everything He wants us to. All the power is available in Christ when we abide in Him. And we can do what He asks us to do to glorify God and bear much fruit. But I believe that we need to, we need to see it the same way as as when He saved us, He's the one that opens up our eyes to see. And as we understand that we are in Christ, every moment, every day, we stand in that grace, in Christ. So the union with God, being in Christ, is a fact when we are in Jesus. When He is our Lord, God, and Savior. We might forget that all the time, and that's why you got one another. I have said it many times from here. Paul and Peter often write things that the churches know. It's not new things, but they forget all of them. 
And unless we are a lot smarter than all of those people, we probably forget too. And I think God is a smart God, so that's why He gave us each other. So when I'm working out on myself, parenting my kids, and my says, hey, maybe this guy needs to remind that he's in Christ, and he don't have to work that on himself, he can just be like, hey, just remember, you're in Christ. You can, you can do this through that power. Or whatever other situation. When people are really stressed about jobs, or, you know the situation you're in. And you also know when you forget to do this. And that's why we are there to have help each other. And so, we really don't have the power to live this life. We don't have the power in ourselves to, to live this Christian life. But, in Christ, Jesus says in Matthew 18, He's got all power in heaven and earth. He has, and we, in Christ, have the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Knowing our place and submitting Christ and Luke puts it this way, that we take up our cross daily and following Jesus. Because we know, because Jesus said that in John 15, He says that your labor outside of Christ is null and void and is not going to do anything. So it is impossible to live the Christian life on our own. We will explode, burn out, we'll break relationships, and even some people kill themselves unfortunately too many but the point is that I was saying before the point is that we need to live our daily lives like in the grace of God when he saved us that we trust in Jesus work on our behalf that it's in his grace we stand in Christ therefore This is kind of like a rant now. Now I'm going to say, say a lot of things. And this is summing up the... This is kind of summing up the 89 things. It's not 89 things, but it's, it's a lot of them that Paul and Peter writes. We can stand in Christ this way. Righteous, in power, in love, in salvation, in joy, in hope, endurance, serving, with meekness, self-control, kindness, patience, truth, faith... We're dead to sin, eternal life, no condemnation, in one body, approved, fellow workers, in wisdom, in sanctification, in redemption. Even the people that are dead are dead in Christ. Made alive, triumphant, in freedom, sons of God, faithful, seated with Christ in the heavenly places, His workmanship, able to forgive, have the mind of Christ, have peace, be mature, giving thanks being resurrected, being bold, being persecuted, and standing in His grace and living. Paul gives a warning to the Corinthians, and he also just says, guys, I'm tired of you all the time. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, examine yourself, whether you're in the faith. Test yourself and do not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. These verses are sometimes a lot of doubt put on people. That's not what, Jesus, that's not what Paul's trying to do. He's trying to provoke them. If you keep reading, 
I want you to know that you are in Christ. So he's, he's saying for all of us, like, okay, you still have to know whether you are or not. My hope and appeal is that you understand that you are, and therefore you live differently in the power of those things that we just talked about. In Christ, this life God has called us to is possible. Outside, it's impossible. Brothers and sisters, you are in Christ. It's Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Not because of your works, but because of Jesus' work, you have union with God. We are in Christ, and even more, Christ is in us. Christ is in us. He is the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit helping us to stir up one another and ourselves to know the truth that we are in Christ. Daily putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You are in Him and He is in you. And then Paul writes in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. And sometimes people write, what is the will of God? It's very simple. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That is totally impossible unless you are in Christ. So he's just summing up like it takes... That you know that you are in Christ to do any of these things. Like I said before, you are in Christ, if you believe. The power is available to live the Christian life, but we need to remind ourselves and one another that as we pray and as we act, as we are His ambassadors here in this place, we can do it. Not by ourselves, but by relying on who Jesus is. Then we can do exactly what Jesus wants us to do. I just want to say, may the Lord grant, good Lord grant you to walk and rejoice in this truth that you have union with God. That you are in Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time, just brief, brief time where this, I mean, God, it's just this amazing thing that's so hard even for all of us to understand, or me, at least for me, it's hard to just grasp how Jesus, you work, has made it possible for us to be seat, to be positionally in you, that we can be branches on your body. That you can put your energy in through us and we can actually produce fruit that you want us to produce. Lord, I just ask for myself and everybody here, Lord, that we just know that that's true and we don't have to, that we don't need to fight and work on our own. But the things that you want us to do are so easy. 
for you to do. Help us to be aware that we have that kind of power and you have that kind of transforming power that we could do exactly the things that you're asking us to do. Help us to rejoice. Help us to pray. Help us to give thanks in all circumstances. Help us to know that we are in you, God. And it's for honor and praise of you and for the good of us, we ask in Jesus' name.